Okay, can you tell me your name? Taylor. Awesome, Taylor. Now, I have a quick question for you. I would like you to describe just a great day for me and tell me what about your day like makes it great. Mm, if I got to have ice cream at school and nothing else and that I didn't have to do homework and there was no work at school, you got to just color and have fun <laughs> and that you could do whatever you want. Whenever you want? No, do whatever you want. Oh, do whatever you want. So, like, just what, a really fun day yeah. with ice cream and coloring and art and playing outside. And gymnastics. And gymnastics. Wow, that does sound like an amazing day. And I could be in day. the Olympics. Whoa, in the Olympics? Yeah. That would be really cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for answering my question. One, two. Let's sit down and talk about your story. I'll show you that you're far from boring Life's a whole lot better when you share with someone that cares This is Happy Talks Hey you guys, welcome to Happy Talks. This is Erin. This is Rebecca. And she's going to share her story today. You guys, Rebecca is amazing. She is my most affectionate friend, and I adore her. So I'm super and excited. And I adore you. <laughs> <laughs> she actually recently got back from Ohio, and she's mm -hmm. been there all summer uh, doing some missions work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, but I'm so excited to have my friend back in Mississippi. But uh, I'm going to let her share kind of what her life and her story and her testimony was like. So take it away. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I'll just I'll just start off from the very beginning. Uh, I grew up uh, with very um, devoted <laughs> Christian parents, you know, Bible believing, very, um, I would say very kind you know, Christian parents, um, if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for them, like, I don't know who I would be because they're, they're the people that actually taught me that, you know, everybody deserves love and everybody deserves to be, um, treated with respect and with dignity and, you know, and they're the ones that taught me how to be hospitable, um, even though, like, you know, there were times where, you know, my family had to learn and relearn how to <laughs> be hospitable and learning how to welcome people into our home. Um, they taught me, you know, that's very important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and just the importance of, you know, uh, my parents definitely taught me, whether directly or indirectly, they were the ones that, you know, taught me that it's very important to... Um, always um whatever you do like however you interact with someone whether they're christian or not it's to always um show them the love of jesus um so yeah i mean definitely grew, i grew up in a family where um, my mom was actually on staff at my home church um for uh, I think 15 or 16 years. Okay. So the majority of my, of the majority of my life thus far, um, definitely during my growing up years, she, um, worked in the preschool ministry. Um, we had a, well, we still have at my home church, a weekday preschool that my mom was the director of, and she also worked in the preschool ministry on Sundays. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, sometimes, uh, we ended up being like one of the last people to leave, um, church on Sunday nights cause, um, I would get done with my activities, um, with my brothers and we would go back down to the preschool ministry area cause we had to wait on people to pick up their kids. So, um, yeah, we were, we were always at church when the doors were open, um, Sunday and Wednesdays, um, my parents just, you know, thought it was very important um, for us, um, for me and, and my brothers. Um, I have a twin brother and I have a um, younger brother who's 13. Um, and we've all been in church like all of our lives. Um, 
So yeah, uh, we were we were always there when the doors were open. Um, grew up there. Had my definitely grew up with the same the same people um, every Sunday, and it's um, actually quite amazing how um, much I've seen my church, my home church, um, just grow and expand and evolve like over the years because the way. Um, it looks today, um, at least on the inside, <laughs> just, just, you know, uh, just on the inside, I'm talking more like um, material things, <laughs> um, but again, ministry things as well. Um, it's it's very different. Um, you know, uh, we've expanded our reach um, internationally and locally, so that's been really fun. Um, and since I've been in college, they've, uh, my home church has a grown and really um expanded kind of rebranded um in a way to uh, grow their college ministry so that's been college student ministry so that's been really helpful and really awesome um and you know um yeah so church um reading the bible um learning you know what what god says about how to live our lives um you know was very it was very very important um I'm, but the the issue was is that you know when you grow up in a culture uh where everyone's a christian um mm-hmm. and everyone around you goes to church um you know you can you can be pretty numb to the gospel um and you can be numb to the to the beauty of of the church and in a relationship with God. And, um, I don't think that my home church, um, did anything, uh, really wrong in teaching me about the story of the Bible and the story of redemption and, and how to, and how to be saved and become a part of God's family. Like, I don't think they did anything wrong in that aspect. Um, it's just kind of funny cause to this day, um, I can't really tell you why it took me so long to, uh, quote unquote, like get saved or become a Christian. Um, I, I kind of like to think it was because when I was younger, um, during like, um, Easter Sunday, they would show, um, you know, that was, that was when like Easter Sundays, um, you know, that would be the the days where, you know, the worship seemed to be like very intense and very powerful and very moving and, and it, it involved like the whole congregation. And when there was a time when I was growing up where they um, uh, were, it was like Easter Sunday and I know it was Easter, like it had to be that holiday because they were showing scenes while this lady was singing a song um, about Jesus resurrecting, um, they showed scenes on, on the screens in our sanctuary of, um, from Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, very sensitive. (laughs) And I was, I, I was a very sensitive child and now I'm just a very sensitive adult. And, you know, I would, like, it was kind of a lot (laughs) to take, especially, you know, with knowing that there are young kids in the, in, you know, in the audience. Um, and, you know, so like, I've actually never seen the full movie of Passion of the Christ. Mm. Um, just, I don't just Jesus bloodied on the cross. Right. Part, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, just Jesus, you know, being whipped and then carrying the cross and then being crucified. And like, you know, like that was a lot, you know, mm. for me. And I think I, in the best, I, my thinking is, you know, when I think back, um, I was like, oh, well, if that's what, you know, like, if that's what is uh, involved in being a Christian, then I don't want that. I think that just really scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me a very um, wrong view of, like, um, or not not wrong, but I think, like, as a kid, it, it kind of gave me a distorted view of, of the beauty and, and the um, transforming power of mm-hmm. the gospel. Like, you know, because of course I knew like cognitively, you know, even by the time I was leaving elementary school, like, yeah, like Jesus had to come to earth and be in live a perfect life and die and rise again so that I could be saved. Like I knew that cognitively, but 
I don't know. I th- I just think somewhere in in the middle of you know me going to church a lot and me understanding like oh yeah like um Jesus is really important and like I need him because there's this place called hell and like I don't want to go there like and me seeing scenes from the passion of the Christ and you know that's the only and that being the only visual I had of like the real Jesus I don't know I just think something got miscommunicated or messed up so um you know um so people um and I and um I wouldn't find this out until later in life but you know I had so many um people in my church um praying for me, just hoping that, you know, I would get, get saved. Um, you know, I had people in the preschool ministry, kids ministry, um, my youth pastor, um, you know, um, there are ladies that, you know, um, I see every day on Sunday and, you know, some have recently told me like, I remember when we were praying for you and we were praying for you so hard, you know, and we wanted you to come to, you know, know Jesus so bad and we wanted you to be, you, you know, we wanted you to come be a part of, you know, God's family um, <laughs> so bad. And apparently one time when my, um, the lady who um, was my children's minister, um, she, uh, um, she, she said that she talked to me one time and apparently I told her, um, I think I'll, I'll get saved when, you know, my, when my brother gets saved. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, when you said that, it broke my heart. And I was like, oh. I have no memory of that. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Like, I can't imagine me saying that, but I guess I did. Hmm. So, um, yeah. And I was, and now I think back, I'm like, well, if that was the case, I would have waited a lot longer. So, hmm. um, yeah. Anyways, um, I, you know, just to kind of fast track the story, um, I ended up, um, you know, accepting Jesus Christ as my savior and praying the prayer and all that. Um, when I was 13, um, I think, I think it was like second semester of eighth grade. So I would have been 13 at the time, you know, right before I went to high school, um, so, yeah, um, and there was no rhyme or reason um, to why I chose that random Sunday night to do it. Um, I actually ended up talking. I had a I had a um, mentor, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. from my youth group because um, at, at the time when uh, my old youth pastor was at my church, he had this kind of um, organized thing like set up to where like when um new seventh and eighth graders came into the youth group they had a mentor that was supposed to that would be a um a junior or a senior um girl or guy in the youth group and they would just meet up with with you they would welcome you into the youth group and they would be your friend and you would exchange numbers and y'all would hang out outside of church and you know, they would give you gifts and it was just supposed to be like your first friend, like in the youth group. And, um, yeah. So, and also like, you know, it's, it's kind of rough, you know, um, this, with this part of my story, cause it requires so much explaining because at the time that I decided to make that decision, you know, there was a lot of instability and chaos and, you know, being in middle school and being a middle school girl, it's already hard enough. But during that time, it was um, just pretty rough. I remember, you know, my family was just going through this like um, five or six year stint where, you know, things were just really crazy, um, pretty um, not uh it was not violent at all. I'm not trying to insinuate that, but it was just pretty, um, it was pretty hostile, pretty negative. Um, uh, you know, my parents were fighting a lot. Um, and you know, we just had a hard time, you know, taking care of my younger brother because 
he he was a surprise baby and um that created a lot of um added stress and upheaval and also you know like there was financial issues it was just a lot of stuff so i i looking back now i think my line of thinking when i decided to you know um follow christ i thought oh like if i if i did this thing like if i do this thing now then maybe my family will take a break from acting crazy and not liking each other and we'll have something to celebrate Hmm. um you know and we'll be and you know we'll be happy and whatever um so i did that um and so you did it for them not so much for you yeah i think but i didn't i wouldn't i didn't uh know that at the time Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like i wouldn't have been able to articulate that at the time i i genuinely thought and and you know also again i'm growing up in cultural christianity Mm -hmm. right so my life so before that i didn't really care all that much about following jesus mm-hmm. it's just what um, everyone else with was my doing. life yeah yeah and you know people like you know when i was 13 people were really starting to question like why i hadn't done it yet because mm-hmm. you know usually you know my parents were doing everything right you know my mom was working at the church they were raising me in the church we were there all the time you know we went very religiously and you know, like I, I had heard the gospel. I had heard this whole story of the Bible, knew all the Bible stories. You know, I could tell you the story of Jesus' birth backwards and forwards. Like, I like, you know, you know, people just kind of expected me to like do this thing by now because I had watched my friends do it, and um, you know, and like I, I had the knowledge. They're like, okay, you, you know what to do, but there was still like a lot of fear. And I think even now, like I, you know, I think that fear was like, if I, cause I cognitively understood, like once I give my life to Jesus, I'm going to be different and there's no going back. And like, you know, I think the enemy just used a lot of fear um, with that because I, you know, I just saw it, I saw the whole giving my life to Jesus thing almost like negatively. Yeah. Um, and even, and, and I had a conversation with um, a lady who used to work in the, well, she still works in the children's ministry today, but she was there when I was growing up and she asked me like, you know, she was just asking me like, do you, you know, like, why did you do it? Why did you decide to do it when you were 13? Like, you know, what if someone told you like, you know, if you don't, you know, follow Jesus, if you don't give your life to him, you're going to go to hell. And I was like, well, again, like I cognitively knew that, but you know, you got to understand, I wasn't thinking about the reality of hell every day of the week when I wasn't at church. Like to, you know, I, I could almost write it off as a, as a mystical fake fairy tale place. Right. So I, you know, if, yeah, if I don't think about it and I don't see it, then, you know, it's not real to me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I lived, you know, like, um, you know, and, um, you know, um, you know, my family, my life wasn't perfect. Um, you know, I, there were times where, you know, my dad would want to read scripture to us, um, after dinner on school nights and me and me and my twin brother, we would literally fight my dad. We would get so upset. Mm. Right. And now I know that, you know, that broke my dad's heart, but, you know, we just hated it. Like, I remember being forced to, um, not, not being forced, but like, my dad was like, you know, he just wanted so bad for us. Like, it was, it was all like in a good heart. Like, he just wanted us so bad to truly know the gospel and have it change our lives and us give our lives to Jesus that, He thought like, well, if I just get them to read the Bible, then something will change. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like he was forcing me, but, and I guess he technically was, but now I, you know, I don't really want to make him sound like the bad person, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because he wasn't, um, yeah. And I just remember like being totally mad every time that happened. I was like, Mm -hmm. you are wasting my time. (laughs) You know, I want to go back to my room. I want to go back to being alone. I want to go 
um, do my own thing. Like I want to go read my books or be, be on my phone or I want to go back upstairs to our um, playroom and watch TV. Like, you know, totally just, you know, totally just did not, you know, want to live that life. Um, and just didn't really care. Um, and yeah. Um, so going back to when I was like 13 and like, um, you know, everything that my family and I were going through at that time, you know, I just wanted a break. Like, I was just like, okay, if I do this, like, if I finally do this, get baptized, then I don't have to, I don't have to I don't have to worry about it. I'm like, okay, I just, I got my get out of jail free card and I'm good. You know, people can stop worrying about me and it'll be good. I'll just continue being, um, you know, I'll just continue going to church. Um, cause that's all I've ever known. And that's what you're supposed to do if you're a good person. Um, and maybe I'll go on a few mission trips. Um, you know, and that'll be that. Um, but, um, you know, um, obviously the Lord definitely had other plans, um, for me, uh, cause then you go, like I go from 13 and then flash forward to like when I'm 18 and I'm about to graduate college. Um, you know, things are changing in my church. Um, you know, um, I'm starting to see like a shift in, and this is actually a really good thing. I started seeing a shift in the people around me. Um, I don't know if you call it a revival, but it was something like that because all of a sudden my friends around me, some, some of them and, and James and James, my twin brother, Mm -hmm. um, they, I started seeing these guys, um, and, and especially, um, after my brother, um, came, came to Christ um you know he went on a mission trip um and he came back and he was never the same like Mm -hmm. he started literally following the following the Lord he started like he literally like dedicated his life to um he ended up dedicating his life to missions um much much later um but he came back and he was never the same like he started reading the Bible on his own he started praying more on his own, keeping a journal, which I thought was crazy. Um, like he wanted to meet up more with his friends from church and the friends that he went on this mission trip on. Um, and it, he just came back and he was changed. And then after that, I started seeing a shift and like, there's like a lot of people around me. There's a lot of my friends that are my age were all in high school and like that really didn't used to care about reading the Bible or following Jesus, like outside of the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but now like, that's what everybody's doing. Um, and I think, you know, the person that had the greatest effect, um, on me was obviously my brother because I could see the change. Um, and so, you know, I get through senior year, um, junior and senior year, I actually didn't get to go to church as much, um, because I was doing theater and I was traveling a lot, doing competitions, um, having to go to rehearsals. Um, so, you know, I would go to church in the mornings, but like on Sundays, but that was like it, I couldn't do much else. But, you know, when I started seeing this shift, I was like, Okay, I kind of had, like, this reckoning, I guess, um, with the Lord. Um, I was like, okay, like, you know, either this is real or it's not. And, you know, like, either the Bible is real or it's not. And um, if it is real, then I already know that something about me has to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, you know, and I just had to figure out what that looked like for me, um, for sure. And that was, and, and I'm still technically on that journey. Um, I don't really succeed every day in doing the things that I want to do and spending time with the Lord. And, you know, um, you know, I, I still sin, but anyway, you know, obviously, but anyways, you know, I'm still not perfect, you know, but um, specifically what happened was, my last, um, you know, my, my last, uh, youth, um, camp, 
like my last um, student life uh, church camp with my youth group when I was uh, when I turned 18. Um, that was when that was the turning point in my life where, you know, I think it was because a lot of things were about to change in my life. All the, <laughs> the friends that I grew up with in church, um, they were all about to leave. We were all about to leave and go to different places to go to college and I wouldn't be seeing them every Sunday. Um, you know, my brother, he was gonna, you know, he's gonna go somewhere else and go to college and be busy. Um, and, you know, things were just changing. We were getting a new youth pastor at the time. Um, and so a lot of change was happening. And uh, here I am again, I'm trying to find some stability. But but also like beforehand, I think the Lord was really preparing my heart because during my last two years of high school, there were so many times where I felt lost and felt alone and, um, you know, just went through these periods of like, I, I have no idea what to do, like, like, with the rest of my life and, you know, um, and, you know, it's just so crazy because the Lord actually, I believe, first officially started my journey of, you know, him calling me to, to Bellhaven when I was in, um, when I was a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I didn't really know what it looked like to be guided by the Holy Spirit or, you know, hear the voice of the Lord. Um, but, you know, I believe if, you know, if God can, you know, if Jesus can get Paul on the road to Damascus, he can still get uh, a closed off cultural Christian like me. Um, <laughs> and so and, and to this day, I still believe that the Lord himself led me to Bellhaven because that was not in my plan. So that that's a miracle in and of itself. And yeah. that helped me out a lot because I didn't have any direction because I knew I didn't want to go to the school that my parents went to, but I also didn't have a plan B. Mm -hmm. So that's how that worked out. Um, and, you know, then I get to my last um, student life, um, student life camp as a high school student with my youth group. And there wasn't, um, there wasn't like a big like weeping and wailing like oh my gosh I need to change like you know moment um I don't think I got down on my knees and prayed to the Lord till later but I just remember thinking like okay something has to change because you know I'm about to go to a Christian college and you know I don't and I know that I don't act like a Christian because I don't really know it's, it's almost like I know but I don't know how mm -hmm. to live like a Christian um and like a true Christian, like someone and not even a Christian. I don't even like saying that. Um, I like I prefer being known as like a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, someone that lives for God, not just believes in him. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it's more real when I say I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. That's mm -hmm. whatever he says. That's what I believe. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like today there's a lot of negative connotations with saying like, Oh, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, and some people, if you say that any other place in the world where Christianity doesn't have a big place in society, um, or worse, if it's illegal and you know, most people aren't going to know what that means. Yeah. Um, but you know, most of our neighbors who practice different religions all over the world, they, they know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I prefer to say follower of Jesus. Um, but, yeah, so I'm at that camp. Um, I actually had to leave that camp early. I forgot why, but I just remember being like, I something's got to give. Like, and, and it's funny, too. Like, you know, I knew that I had to make a change, but I just didn't, um, I just didn't, know how to do that so I was on this journey of figuring this out for myself mm -hmm. um yeah like I just decided okay I'm gonna I'm literally gonna crack open my bible I'm gonna read it I'm gonna see if I can figure out whatever's in here and <laughs> you know which like I knew something about the bible again like I could you know I was very familiar with the new testament <laughs> you know um you know, I could tell you the books of the New Testament in order. Um, mm -hmm. And, 
you know, I was very familiar with the gospel accounts, um, you know, so I knew a little bit about like what was in there, but I didn't understand how all the Bible connected as one story. Mm-hmm. And that's the story of redemption that God had in place since, you know, the Garden of Eden. And, you know, that's what I was looking for. I was like, if this book is so important, then everything that's in here can't be just be couldn't have just been put in here at random. It has to be connected somehow. Yeah. And it has to, you know, it, and it has to be true historically and in and in a religious sense and like and it has to make it has to make sense um it has to make logical sense which i believe the bible does mm-hmm. um so yeah but that that part didn't actually really start until i started school my freshman mm-hmm. year at Bellhaven. um i during my summer of you know after senior year i still Um, I went to this big, you know, international theater festival, um, and I went on some vacations. So, you know, I was kind of busy living it up, I guess, and having a lot more fun. But at the same time, like, I knew, like, you know, there just came a point where, you know, there, I couldn't stand basically being like a halfway Christian or, Mm -hmm. um, being fake all the time and like going to church and like acting like I know everything about Jesus and acting like like I have everything together and you know and acting like you know I truly do believe this when I when I don't live like it Mm -hmm. you know outside the walls of the church and I was like that's pretty fake of me yeah yeah um and that's that's not cool so I was like yeah um Rebecca we got to make a decision like are we we can't be on the fence anymore we we either don't believe this and we're just we're just never we're not going to be a part of this anymore because it obviously doesn't affect your life or you do believe this and you love Jesus and you desire to follow him and and because and because you love him and you know and you know him you're going to give your life to him mm-hmm. because you know that's what he deserves um so i had i just had to get to that point somehow and obviously by the grace of god um i decided okay i'm going to i'm basically going to give jesus one last shot to like you know so yeah but that's that's so me reading the bible um and me kind of just doing my own research on um and you know i also had to go through a lot of doubts as well Mm -hmm. um for sure like you know i i struggled with doubt for sure and you know i definitely had questions of god but um but through the reading of his word you know i fell more in love with with jesus and i fell in love with the gospel um and also the Lord um, being so gracious and providing me with good, solid Christian friends um, in college definitely helped because um, they were very encouraging. I mean, it hasn't been easy, you know, <laughs> hasn't it has not been easy <laughs> at all um, find, if finding friends um, since I've been in college. Mm. You know, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, just everything worked out and I met all these really cool, awesome people that loved me for me. And, you know, they're good Christian girls. That... But I also feel like you're always like hanging out with people though. Like, so have you found like a good foundation now or? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. I think so. But I mean, you know, this, like yeah. I, I went through, I've been through some stuff even since I've been in college and, you know, yeah. I've been through some hurt and mm-hmm. by, by, you know, people that, claim Jesus and mm-hmm. you know that hurts but you know and that's the honest truth and you know we don't need to go into that but um yeah, yeah I you know eventually I I have <laughs> I have realized like there I have really awesome friends even mm-hmm. even though I'm not friends with everyone on my campus mm-hmm. I do have really awesome sweet wonderful amazing beautiful friends that love Jesus and love me for me. And, 
you know, they've given me a place to find community and a place to grow um, and be vulnerable. And that's all I need. And that's awesome. And that's a gift from God. Um, You know, I want to, you know, I just had to learn since being in college, you know, not everyone's going to love you and not everyone's going to want to be your friend and you just can't please everybody. And, you know, for, I think for girls, especially, that's one of the hardest pills to swallow. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had, I had to go through that, but yeah, sometimes I'm looking back at at times and I'm like, I've literally been with people all weekend. Like, wow. Like that's crazy. (laughs) Like, there are people that want to hang out with me. I yeah. can't believe that. <laughs> so, you know, um, but it's interesting, the oxymoron or juxtaposition of my life in college, because there have been t- there have been time periods where I have felt so alone and so lonely. And I was like, there's no one on this campus that likes me and wants to be my friend. And I had to get really comfortable with being alone. Mm-hmm. Um you know, um, and just not having people around me, you know, and I'm an extrovert. I really want to hang out with people and I really (laughs) love people and talking to people. Like, I think people are great. Um, so that's been, you know, so that was hard, but also like every year, um, that I've been in college, like, you know, whether it's just, um, my friend Kate or it's multiple people, um and hanging out with uh international students like I've always had someone mm-hmm. that that was there for me and someone that's checked in on me and someone that wanted to hang out with me it might not have been every single weekend of the school year but it's it's good it it, it worked out and <laughs> it's been awesome and um yeah so uh, yeah, basically, since I've been in college, you know, I came in as one major, <laughs> but then I ended up changing uh, to um, intercultural studies, mm-hmm. um, which is a ministry based major. Um, it's it has its own department. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you basically um, in, in my major, you learn about the world um, you learn a lot about um, just current global issues, the study of um, global studies, and we get a lot of um, integration into other academic aspects or academic realms of academic studies like um, geography, politics, anthropology, um, biblical studies. Um, yeah, stuff like stuff like that. <laughs> um, and, and it's all like under the idea of like learn about the world, learn about culture, what's culture shock, um, what do you need to travel the world safely, um, and also do um, M work uh, mm-hmm. safely. Um, so, yeah, like, and, and you just learn about people and how to be a good communicator and how to um, integrate yourself into different cultures um effectively and and safely for for the sake of sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. with people who have probably never heard of him um so yeah there's another major that if you want to focus more on political science business um in the international realm you can you can do that uh so it's been it's been a lot of fun and through that, um, through a weird string of events, um, where I ended up changing my major, I think the Lord has really used that to draw me like ever so closer, (laughs) um, to himself. And, you know, I've learned about, um, the 1040 window, um, unreached people groups, um, culture shock, learned about, uh, you know, just the history of missions, church history, like, and just how, and just what it looks and like what um, the state of the gospel advancement um, looks like today. And basically the conclusion that I've been told and what I've seen is, you know, we still have so much work to do. And, 
you know, again, by God's grace, you know, I've ended up becoming very passionate about traveling the world and telling people about my Savior and sharing the gospel that transformed me. And I believe it can transform whole communities um, all over the world um, because, uh, you know, we we were made to dwell with God and we were made to worship God. Yeah. Um, and God has a mission for the church and he has a mission for his people. And I believe we're all supposed to partner with him in that. And you find your place in what I call God's kingdom mission, because, you know, we, because me as a, as a glow, as a, globally aware missionally minded christian you know we want to um make make earth look like heaven Mm -hmm. right on earth as it is in heaven like Mm -hmm. you know um and there's still work to be done um and you know that's something that i care a lot about now Mm -hmm. um you know definitely something that i i advocate for a lot um can't you know i think um the great commission should be at the center or at least a very important focus in all churches um like if you believe the gospel and you believe in jesus okay you gotta (laughs) you gotta know about and care about the great commission um those are you know those were his final words to us um and so through um changing my major taking the classes that i've had and you know, me reading the Bible um, and me finding good, solid Christian community. Um, yeah. And also just, you know, having the support of my parents and my and my brothers um, and in my home church, uh, in my journey of, you know, figuring out, you know, now I'm trying to figure out what am I, what does my life after college look like, after undergrad? Um, you know, and where, where do I go from here? What can I do so I can best serve the Lord? Um, that's crazy. I'm still in shock that (laughs) I am the person that I am today. Um, and you know, I, the Lord, um, in his kindness and graciousness, like, um, you know, even though like I have, I do have this one thing, this overarching thing that I care very greatly about, um, the Lord has also, revealed to me, you know, um, other, you know, just kind of other passions that I've always had on my heart, um, since middle school or high school, um, and things that I want to accomplish, um, you know, just in my lifetime, but now like everything I do, it's for the Lord. It's a, it's a, it is a gift that I'm laying at the altar, like for the Lord. Um, you know, he's revealed different things to me about like my future and what I can do and, and things that, you know, with my skill set and, and my passions and the dreams that I have, like I can use these things to honor him um, and serve people well, whether I'm on the field or not. Mm. Like that's given me so much peace. Um, and the thing that, you know, I needed most, the, the thing that I need most, you know, the thing that I wanted since the beginning, which is stability and um an assurance of i i know who i am i know who jesus is and i know where i'm going mm-hmm. right and i and i got that yeah, yeah and i have all of that <laughs> um which is which is awesome like now i'm not now i don't feel the need to question i don't feel the need to doubt mm-hmm. and you know i don't waver mm-hmm. um anymore like that's, you know, I, you know, I think the thing that I would love for everybody to know about is when you, when you find your identity in Christ, you find who, who you truly are and who, who you're meant to be. Because if you keep, if you keep figuring out for yourself and doing things on your own, um, or looking to the world, we, we know this, like as Christians, we know this, you're just going to come up empty, disappointed, sad, confused, lonely, like, cause you know, this world wasn't made to give you the things that you truly need. It's, it's only God, our creator. So, 
Um, that's the be- that's one of the beautiful truths that I've found, and that's something that I rest in. Um, yeah, every day. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I'm still <laughs> as shocked as anybody <laughs> like that I am where I am today, yeah. um, and I've come to love going to church. Um, I'm serving in different um, in different aspects now um, at my home church and uh, I've you know got community. I have you yeah which is awesome. <laughs> you are definitely you have definitely been a big help to me since <laughs> since we've met. Oh you're such a precious friend yeah. to me. And like I absolutely love the heart that God has given you for people. Yeah. And he's really been using that like yeah. to work in you and I don't mm-hmm. know it's just one of the most beautiful things to see I I mm-hmm. met you at Foundry and yeah. I just I don't know like from the start I just I loved you like we didn't know each <laughs> other very well like yeah uh, you like yeah and it's so funny because you terrified me at first. <laughs> like like you came at me with all your love and energy and affection and you know I was like like frozen solid I was like uh like what do I do with all this yeah like because you know like you know now like that's how I am Mm -hmm. like I mean you're pretty similar like you know that's but you know you're not used to receiving it you're used to giving it yeah right because you know not everybody matches my giving Mm -hmm. um you know and not everyone matches like how much love you know that you know, nobody matches the amount of love that I give them or that I'm willing to show them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, by the time I met you, I just, like, died, died it down. And <laughs> you were, like, coming at me full force. And I was like, ah. I was like, I'll either scare you away or keep yeah, you forever. Let's go right. for it. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, and, like, but eventually I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be her friend. And then apparently I told you that I didn't want to be a friend. Yep. Yep. I think the first time that we ever That's met so up crazy. together. Because like I did not say those words, though. Like you verbatim. You so did. You no, so did. No, I didn't say verbatim. I don't want to be your friend. Oh, my not gosh. Not verbatim. You're going to make me sound so bad. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. Like, so the first time that we ever really met and had a conversation, um, Molly had told me like like hey you should lead a discipleship group and like she gave me a group of people ah. to that I should probably <laughs> like have in my group because I didn't know like who all to put in it right and then I was like okay well some of these people like I don't really know like at all yeah and you were one of them and I was like all right we gotta meet up and have coffee I would love for her to be a part of it and ah. we'll see where she's at yeah I mean and- at least when you first said like hey, I want to lead a discipleship group with y'all. At least I was down. Like, I, I oh, remember yeah. being hesitant. I was like, yeah, I'm interested. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, you want a deeper community. Right. Which, yeah. A deeper connection, which I think a lot of people do want and like, they crave for. And I'm like, yeah. I'm right there with them, you know? Yeah. So, right. Uh, yes. But so we, we met up and, and it was just like, like, I was happy to be a discipleship leader, but I was also, like, very willing to be a friend. Right. To that be took a me a minute. Yeah, and, like, yeah, that, that was the part where you're, like, <laughs> you were actually going through, like, some difficult friendships at the time that yeah. were actually really causing you a lot of hurt and pain. Yeah. And so, like, you were kind of wary of making new ones, and... <laughs> I, I don't think I fully comprehended at the time, but I guess you obviously, like, saw that. But I think it's crazy <laughs> that I almost rejected you. <laughs> yep. And I was like, it's okay, I'll be here. Yeah. And I did. I was yeah, here. Yeah, you, know? you were here. And then, I mean, how many times have I been to your house? I mean, I obviously, like, took you up on the offer. <laughs> you did, even though, like, there's four animals here and, like, you're really allergic. Yeah, and, like... I, and I literally, like, die every time I come to your house and, like, I need medicine and, like... What's really rough is when I'm here and I'm sneezing and like a lot and like my eyes are itching. That's mm-hmm. bothersome. Yeah. Like I literally have full on aller like allergy attacks. Like I almost die like every time. <laughs> and like by the time like I'm leaving, I'm like I leave your house. Like I love you and I love coming to your house. But when I leave, I'm like. <laughs> 
I can breathe again. <laughs> well, hopefully, like, you won't have the same response this time. We're in my room right now, for those of y'all who obviously can't see and tell. But um, right. I, animals are not allowed in my room. This is a animal-free zone. So. Yeah, it's, and it's so really far, nice. it's been no allergic reactions so far. Yeah, so that's good. I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. I, I still love Erin. And I love, I do love coming over to her house, even mm-hmm. though she has so many animals she's willing to suffer to be with me that's like pure love you guys no, i suffer <laughs> all the time i go through so much for Why? <laughs> literally oh and you live like 40 minutes away and yeah, you're like, I, live like for, I live like 45 minutes away um, yeah like when i'm coming from my house i basically live like 45 minutes away mm-hmm. so do I love you or do I love you? Like I don't, I don't know what else you need from me, Erin. Honestly, nothing. It was this is so much. This yeah, is great. I mean, today was okay though because it was a shorter drive from my campus. It was only like yeah. twenty minutes, mm-hmm. so that's really nice, mm-hmm. really convenient actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, before before we go, do you have any questions about my experience this summer? Hmm. Well. Give give a brief summary. Give yeah, a brief summary of like what it was like in Ohio because this wasn't your first missions trip, was it? No, or, not my not my first like, okay. ever. Yeah, it's it my first one in a while, but not not my first one ever. Okay, well then just share like uh, the most impactful moment, just one moment that was like really impactful mm. over the summer that like really sticks to you. Something maybe that you keep going back and thinking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So a little bit of backstory, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So this summer, um, this past summer, I served through um, a sending organization um, that is actually under the IMB, the International Mission Board. Um, it's called Nehemiah Teams. And it was started by a IMB missionary couple um, mm-hmm. that serves literally full time in Southeast Asia. And they started it because they had a heart for college students. And, you know, they just kind of realized like, oh, college students are literally like the most mobile young people that we can send out like to the nations. Mm -hmm. Um, So they started this program um, and they just set up all these um, missions trips. And in a normal year, you know, COVID was still affecting me and my teams this summer. Uh, <laughs> I I originally, um, and you know this, uh, I originally applied to go to um, South Korea through Nehemiah teams, but mm-hmm. that that ended up getting canceled due to COVID. Um, and well, actually, fun fact, my, my brother, my twin bro, he actually served through Nehemiah teams in uh, 2000 in 2019 and he went to uh undisclosed location in southeast asia (laughs) and when he was there it was like over 200 students wow served and went overseas but when i went this past summer there were only um 49 of us Hmm. um yeah so you um so yeah there were a lot of international teams that got canceled due to COVID and closed borders and all that. So it wasn't the only one. So it ended up being like there were five teams going to cities in the US and then five teams going international. Mm-hmm. But the only places people were going to were like different countries in d- different countries all over Africa in one team in Central Asia. Mm-hmm. So. It was pretty downsized this summer. Yeah. Um, not not your normal Nehemiah teams summer. Um, so yeah, and I ended up being reassigned to um, this trip in Columbus, Ohio, um, and it was called my team was called East African Refugees, and I was like, what? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, basically. We were told that we were going to be working with my field host ministry that she started out of her house to serve this refugee community that she was living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wouldn't we wouldn't know like which type of like which ethnic people we would be working with until right. like my field host said. Um, so yeah. Um, and we did we did a lot of other things too, but um, what happened was um, 
So I was on a team of four college students, um, two girls, two guys, um, and we were from all over the place. I was from Mississippi, my female teammate, um, my, my female teammate that joined me, she was, she's from Alabama, and then the two guys on my team were from Texas. Um, and they were like, really annoying. Oh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, if they ever listen to this, um, I am so just kidding. Um, I love the, I, I love the people on my team, um, like, so much. Just, like, it's unimaginable how much I love them. Um, we went through a lot together, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I ended up being reassigned, and I'm going to Columbus, Ohio. And really what happened was, it wasn't so much I got reassigned, it was more so like the director of Nehemiah Teams was like, hey, take your, like your trip has been canceled. Um, do you wanna like just pick where, like what, just pick another trip that you can go on since mm-hmm. you've already signed up and you've been accepted and you know, you're paying for this. Like, yeah. you know, just tell me where you wanna go. And I, and, so what I also need to say is I was using my service um, through Nehemiah Teams this summer as credit for my um, internship for my major. Mm-hmm. So while I was on the field this summer, I was also working on schoolwork, which was wild um, and really hard, um, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and basically, the, I kept talking, I kept emailing, and you know, I kept emailing the director. I was asking like, is this trip open? Is this trip open? Because I wanted to go international so bad. Like mm-hmm. I just got a passport and I've been so ready and eager to leave the country, <laughs> like so bad, like, you know, and I want to put all of these like traveling and, um, you know, safe cultural practices that all, all these things that I've learned like into practice overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, but Every time that I tried to push open a door to go international or to go somewhere else, the Lord, like, literally kept closing Mm. the doors. Um, And so, literally, the only door that the Lord opened for me was for me to go to Columbus, Ohio. That was the only one that really worked out for me. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because I ended up telling the story to my field host later and she and in her friends later um because you know we had a lot of people ask us like what are you doing here like you're all from the south like why are you here in Columbus, Ohio and um so I would tell the story and they're like wow like so you were basically in this tug of war match with God and your field host is over here like praying so hard for people like you know <laughs> to, for people to like come be on her team <laughs> and serve with her this summer and she really like put you through a lot you know <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> so yeah anyways um impactful yeah. moment yeah impactful moment yes so basically we ended up I did training for five days I'm gonna tell the host oh story. do it I'm gonna <laughs> I did so we arrived in um northeast Alabama um for training through Nehemiah teams there's training that you have to go through before they send you out and that was for five days then we drove in my car to Ohio so that was fun getting a car with three strangers um <laughs> and driving nine and a half hours to um a place that you've never been to before. Um, trip. <laughs> yeah, it, so it was it was an interesting experience to say the least. But thankfully, you know, they were all cool, and we covered like we learned a lot about each other. Like my teammates and I, we learned a lot about each other <laughs> during our road trip up to Ohio. Um, so yeah, we were there for like six six and a half weeks, mm-hmm. um, and then we went back to um, debrief in Alabama with Nehemiah teams for three days. Um, so anyways, I, um, so the important thing is, the important thing to know is, is that my field host, um, is actually a very experienced seasoned, um, M worker and, uh, church planter, uh, she and her husband, um, actually worked for the IMB, um, a couple, you know, for a couple years, um, during their marriage, um, they also, planted a really big church now actually it's really big church now actually in um a town that's outside of columbus uh ohio um so basically my field host um after her husband passed away she went um you know 
well, first she she was, you know, through her grieving, she was, you know, her husband, she was like, I'm not done yet. I'm mm-hmm. still alive. There's still things that I have to do, like, for the Lord. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not done working. <laughs> and so she ended up going to eat to East Africa, you know, various countries in East Africa. And then she was there for four or five years. And the Lord called her back and said, hey, there are people from there are people in your city that are from Africa and they are lost and no one is telling them about no one is telling them about me so she ended up moving um, literally into this um, community um, that's full of literally East African refugees Um, I don't think um, for safety I don't think I can say where they're from but it's like these are refugee um these are refugee families meaning like now the the parents of these fam of these kids um from east africa they they were refugees fleeing from this country mm-hmm. in east africa and they came to america um in droves and they started these new lives and now they have kids who were born in america and don't speak their native language and they've never been to africa mm-hmm. um and they go they um, they struggle a lot with various different things that I never would have been aware of if I didn't um, go on this trip and learn about what it's like to be a refugee from, um, specifically a refugee from a very um, unstable, um, a very violent, um, you know, country um, in Africa and then going to America, not speaking English, not learning English and not and not really learning like how life works in America. Um, and then you have kids that are born here and they know they've known no other place and they learn English and you know there's this um, there was this a uh, divide. Um, there was this tension between the child and the parent and uh, and we don't have enough time to get into <laughs> all of the educational problems of the of the children um some didn't have any problems and they were great but there were some that you know i was like wow this is really concerning um and since tutoring was our platform for ministry you know that's really what we focused um that's what we focused on during the week um and i really got to learn like 100 percent what um a true even though I was in America I literally learned what it looks like to live the true missionary life every day like mm-hmm. even though we were in America and we were living in a normal American house and we had beds and toilets and showers and all the comfortable American luxuries like I learned like what's crazy is that we were in America but we were living among an unreached people group mm-hmm. like you know a people group that's less than two percent evangelical Christian and you know most of them like had have never met a Christian never been invited in a Christian home or um they, they, they just don't know about the gospel um which is you know really sad and you know we we can't have that so um yeah but it was really hard um I learned strategic ways to bring up Jesus to people in an unreached people group and how to stay safe I guess (laughs) um even while you're on the field in America you know there were things that we had to be mindful of but anyways um most impactful moment I think the most impactful moment for me and something that um I will never forget is um I got to meet a believer like um a follower of Jesus um from this um community that my team and I were reaching out to. Um, so she is, um, she's from East Africa. She's from this specific unreached people group that we were living among um, and working with and um, hanging out with every day. Um, and she's from a community where it's very dangerous to be a Christian. Um, it's it's a huge risk to you and your family um, because it's it's just it's just not allowed um uh most you know the majority of well i would i say the majority but all of the families that we met were um muslim and yeah but she um so she was actually she's this friend of my field host she she ended up coming over she told us her testimony it was a crazy beautiful wonderful testimony and 
Um, you know, she, uh, and, you know, after that, she came over to the house again and she watched a documentary with us that was missions related. Um, and, uh, you know, at that time, literally while we were there, she had made her faith public, Mm -hmm. um, like public knowledge. Um, I think she, um, actually posted something on her social media so now her family in Ohio that she has her family in Africa now knows you know her faith you know um you know in that she converted basically um to you know again don't want to say you know Christianity like she converted she converted to she converted to Christianity but she uh but now she's a follower of Jesus like through and through and um she just said something that struck me so much um she said like you know like you know she was talking to her sister and she said you know like I still love you even though we don't practice the same faith anymore like I just want you to be happy and stay safe but she said like you know you can't come back to Africa now because you know um like you you might get hurt you might someone might attack you and Mm -hmm. um then my um east african believer friend said um okay that will be my honor to to suffer in jesus name Mm -hmm. and it's different when you're hearing people say that in a documentary or in a movie or in a youtube video Mm -hmm. but when someone is saying that to you to your face in real life like in your share and like on the same couch as you that that changes you um and it changed me and my team immensely um and she was such a great encouragement um to uh to me and my team you know she really gave us that hope like yeah it's totally possible like you totally can like share the gospel with these people and the gospel of jesus christ really can like transform these people's hearts and minds and um yeah so that was that's got to be the most impactful moment yeah i love it yeah well very last thing any words of wisdom from you um something maybe you live by today yeah uh do i have i don't know (laughs) any wisdom that i have to share Mm -hmm. um just um if i don't know if all else fails if you don't know what to do if you don't know the next thing to do, just always err on the side of love. You know, mm-hmm. like if you claim to know Jesus, then just follow his example. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I could almost say like, what would Jesus do? You know, like <laughs> just follow his example um, always and be unconditionally kind and love your neighbor and, um, you know, uh, befriend, befriend the people that are on the outside of, um, that are on the outside of society or on the, or the, the people that nobody wants to talk to, go talk to those people. Um, and just, just be humble and, you know, um, yeah, just be unconditionally kind and, um, practice the golden rule, treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, and, work hard and play harder (laughs) love it yeah well me and rebecca are going to keep hanging out and talking (laughs) but we're gonna say goodbye to you guys now thank you all so much for listening so far talk to y'all later Bye. bye